Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Here on the last Sunday after Epiphany, we prepare ourselves for the discipline and the fast of Lent by recalling our Lord's transfiguration upon the mount. What is the point of our Lenten discipline anyway? Is it simply to show everybody our, our fortitude, our, uh, our self-denial? Isn't it instead to seek the, the face of the Lord, Jesus Christ, to see the light of his countenance and to be changed into his likeness. Yes, Lent is a time of prayer. It's a time of encountering God. The simplest and most ordinary uh, way of encountering God, of, of prayer, is simply uh, supplication. Um, to make our needs and requests known to God and to ask his help for ourselves and others. This is uh, the bread and butter of, of prayer. This is what we do day in and day out. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is made up of a number of petitions. We ask of the Lord the things that we need, the things that we desire for others and for our world. And we never grow or move beyond the need of that kind of simple prayer. Um, but it is to another kind of prayer that I wish to turn our attention this morning. Uh, the prayer of the mystic who seeks to uh, experience God to come into his presence and to behold his glory. This is what we, we sometimes call contemplation. It isn't the way for everyone. At least it isn't the, the typical way for, for everyone. Indeed, we must be fed with, with milk before we could, we could enjoy solid food. But God invites some into this deeper experience. Like he invited uh, the three of his disciples to, to, to follow him up the mountain. In the Old Testament, two remarkable prophets who were given a glimpse of the glory of God, who were invited into the nearness of God's presence, were Moses and Elijah. Moses, of course, received the revelation of the law on the mountaintop. Um, we read about that in our, in our Old Testament lesson today. His journey is described um, and can be read as a guide of sorts towards contemplative prayer um, or 
an encounter with God's presence. And, and I wanted to dwell on, on, on this a little bit this morning, uh, in part because uh, I want to invite you all to uh, the practice of contemplative prayer this Lent. Um, and in particular, on, on, on Sunday mornings in, in, our, in our Bible study time, um, this March, we're going to be experimenting with uh, a form of contemplative prayer uh, and meditation called Lectio Divina. I introduced that to our Bible study uh, this morning. And um, throughout March, I'm going to invite us to this kind of quiet, prayerful reading of scripture and, and contemplation. And Moses here can teach us a bit about the practice of contemplative prayer. Um, because in contemplation, we ascend the mountain. What I mean by that is we, we, we must lift our hearts above the mundane, above our appetites and passions, our, our, our chattering mind, uh, or the, 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 the laundry that's piling up in the basement, um, our, our, our grocery list. We, we lift our minds above those things, uh, above the world with its busyness, its noise, and its demands. We ascend the mountain. And ascending the mountain, we enter the cloud, like Moses who went up the mountain and entered the cloud. We must enter into a place of silence where our senses and our thoughts, the thoughts of our mind are, are quieted, a place of stillness. Um, so contemplation involves silence and, and retreat, going to a quiet comfortable place. There in the cloud upon the mountain, we may know, perhaps in part, the ineffableness of God's glory. There we may receive the revelation of God. We may hear his voice and be transfigured, changed by his presence. Our text says that the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire upon the mountain. This is what the people of Israel saw on top of the mountain as Moses ascended. All that is earthly in us. Um, everything with us that is not submitted to God is consumed in the light of his presence, like dross in the refiner's fire. The church father, Peter Christ Christologus, writes this. He says, Moses himself was so purified and freed from his body by the fast of 40 days that his whole self took on a glorious appearance of divinity. 
still in the darkness of our body, he gleamed with the radiance of divinity. The eyes of mortals could not gaze upon him who, long nourished by the substance of God, had forgotten all about the aids provided by mortals' food. From this, he learned that the substance of life does not fail those who live in God's sight and with him. This is, a, this is, God, this is Moses' 40 days. Um, 40 days of encountering God on the mountaintop. And yet, Moses, who, who, who uh, encountered God in this powerful and dramatic way, who was the friend of God, could not gaze directly upon his glory. Rather, God hid him in the cleft of the rock and allowed him to see his glory only as he passed by. Uh, Moses only gets a glimpse of the back of God as he moves past him. Um, Now, Elijah, our other Old Testament figure, was given a similar blessing Um, He too met God upon the mountain. God said to the prophet Elijah, stand upon the mountain for the Lord is about to pass by. Elijah experienced a great wind, earthquake and a fire, but finally knew God in the still small voice, the gentle whisper or what Uh, The NRSV calls the sound of sheer silence. But neither of these two men, these two great prophets of the Old Testament, saw the face of God until they spoke face to face with Christ on the mount of his transfiguration. These are the, the two prophets that the disciples saw conversing with Christ face to face in his glory. It is Jesus Christ who is himself the very image of the invisible God, the radiance of his glory. In the transfiguration, we see described and dramatically demonstrated the absolute union of his human and his divine nature. His his human nature was so transparent to uh, spirit, to the divinity, that he glowed with the glory of God. His, His very appearance was transfigured. Moses, too, is shown with the splendor of God, from, from being in the presence of God, but it was a temporary glory that, that faded away. Christ has the unfading glory of God himself. He is the source of that glory that even Moses and Elijah, the two greatest prophets of the Old Testament, paid tribute to. He is the light that was at the beginning of creation. When God said, let there be light. The the true light that enlightens all who come into the world. 
God has made this light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. When we lift our hearts upward towards divine things, towards God, towards communicate, uh, communion with God, when we enter the, the silent cloud, it is the face of Christ that we seek. It is the light of Christ within that is the ecstatic vision of the mystics, but also the companion of every Christian. God has descended to us in Christ. He's uh, revealed to us his glory, and he's strengthened us to ascend with him the mountain, to, to, to bear our cross. In him, we see the end of our journey. We, we, we shall be like him. We too shall be transfigured. We too shall be bright with the glory of God. Whenever we come into his presence in, in prayer, in worship, in adoration, and in, in, in service, we are changed. We are charged by his radiance. We move closer to the glorious beings we shall one day become. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.